welcome to this abbreviated worship service provided by St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee and Bourbonnet. I'm Pastor Mike Hannell, and I'll be leading today's service. Today you will hear readings, a sermon, the Lord's Prayer, and receive a benediction. But before that, a few quick words of announcement. Beginning last weekend, we at St. Paul's have resumed our regular in-person worship schedule with social distancing practices in place, meeting at our downtown Kankakee location on Saturday at 5 p.m. and at our Bourbon A site on Sunday at 8.30 and 11.05 a.m. However, for now, we are continuing this radio service as not all people are yet ready to return to regular worship in person. Today's service is a rebroadcast of last weekend's in-person service. If you want to find that service or more of our services, you can visit our webpage, stpaulslutheran.net, and click Worship on the menu. And keep up with us on our Facebook page for more information of any changes that may become necessary. We pray that you are blessed by God's Word today. Our Old Testament lesson today comes from the book of Hosea, chapter 5, verse 15, through chapter 6, verse 6. Then I will go back to my place until they admit their guilt, and they will seek my face. In their misery they will earnestly seek me. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days he will revive us. On the third day he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Therefore I cut you in pieces with my prophets. I killed you with the words of my mouth. My judgments flashed like lightning upon you, for I desire mercy not sacrifice, an acknowledgment of God rather than burnt offerings. This is the word of our Lord. Our gospel reading today comes from Matthew's gospel, the ninth chapter, verses 9 through 13. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. So how are you? It's been a while, right? We, we, have, we have a lot of catching up to do. We live in crazy times, don't we? It is not the normal state of things for churches to close their doors for months, for buildings and places of work to send everybody home. 
for teachers to still teach, but do it through technology and distance. There's a lot that's been going on. And it's a little bit overwhelming. And I think, I think nobody's right. Not right here, not right here. I think we're carrying a lot with us. And then a couple of weeks ago, more things happen. You've seen the news. You know what's going on in our world. The unrest, the turmoil, injustice, murders, hatred, prejudice, racism, fear. And if you're like me, you may not know what to do with that. See, it's not just one thing. It's not just the other thing. It's all of this stuff coming together. And I don't know about you, but you may not be at a place where you're able to deal with all of this. You don't know what to to do with all of the things that you're feeling. You don't know what to do for all of the people around us. And so today, I want to just, I want to keep it really basic. I'm not going to do anything fancy. I'm not going to say anything you don't already know. But I think our gospel reading has a very clear message. And the message of our gospel reading is this. Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. That's it. Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. You already knew that, right? You already knew that. But in this time, with all of this stuff going on, with everybody a little bit on edge, I think now is a very important time to remember what you know to remember the core, the foundation of what it is that we believe and who we are. Because what tends to happen when you are stressed out, what tends to happen when you are out of your routines, when you are out of your comfort zone, is that you just you, you get a little off and you start dealing with everything around you from that position of everything just being a little off. And maybe you've felt this, maybe you've experienced it, that you've been a little short with people. Or maybe people have been a little short with you. That you just, you need some of those normal things in your life and you just can't get them in place and you don't know what to do. It's in a time like that that going back to the basics, going back to the fundamentals and the foundation will help you. It will help. It won't make everything go away. It won't make it magically better, but you will be in that place that you need to be in order to better deal with the stuff around you. And so it may not be something new, but I think now's an important time to just drill down into that gospel promise once more. Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. Whom does Jesus love? Sinners, right? That's that's plain and clear. 
that Jesus loves sinners. That's the conflict in our gospel reading today. The Pharisees cannot believe that he is associating with tax collectors, with sinners, because everybody knows that those are the wrong kinds of people. Those are the people that we as Jews do not associate with. They are unclean people. Now, you have to make the cultural jump here that in our day, you may not like the IRS, you may not like the Department of Revenue, you may not like having to write out that check and send that off to the government because you disagree with how they spend it and all of that stuff. But if you know somebody who works for the IRS or the Department of Revenue, you probably don't ostracize that person. You're probably friends. You probably just realize, hey, everybody needs to make a living. They just happen to work for the IRS or the Department of Revenue. That's just how it is, but that's not how it was in Jesus's day. Tax collectors were enemies, and if you were a Jew who was a tax collector, you were an enemy because you worked for the Roman Empire. You were an agent of that evil empire that the Jews had hoped to throw off. Remember, they're hoping that the Messiah will come and will rebuild their kingdom so that they will have autonomy and freedom once more, so they will be their own people. And if you are a Jew working for the tax collect- and working as a tax collector, You're helping to fund the oppressors. And so that's why they were considered outcasts. That's why they were considered unclean. Jews would not have anything to do with fellow Jews who employed themselves as tax collectors. But that doesn't bother Jesus, does it? Jesus specifically tells the Pharisees, he specifically tells his disciples that he has not come for the healthy. He has not come for the righteous. He has come for the sick. He has come for sinners. And in Jesus's life, those are not simply words. He lived that life. Jesus goes to the sinners. He is not afraid of what the people will say around him. He knows that that is his mission to go to sinners. And so he does. That was true in his day, but that's true today as well. That Jesus loves sinners. You know that Jesus loves you. Can you put logic together? What does that mean? You're a sinner. Jesus loves sinners. Jesus loves you. I know at times we don't necessarily like to think that way. We think, hey, we're we're the good people. We're the church people. We're the ones that when the doors were open, we came back. We wanted to be here. And so we are the the good people. And, And while that's true, and you get, I think, our Lutheran theology, that that we are saints, but we are at the same time sinner and saints. And it's important not to lose sight of either of those things. Now, you in your life may think, well, I'm I'm not a sinner. I don't I don't do the really bad things. I don't commit heinous sins. I'm not like the, the really bad people. Yeah, you have my pet sins. I, you know, I, I might say the wrong thing from time to time. But everybody does that. Nobody's perfect. Sometimes we run from that label. We don't want to be sinners. 
but it's who we are. Sinful from conception. Sinful from the time our mothers gave birth birth to us. Sinful all the way until our death. The wages of sin is death. We die. We are tainted with sin all the way through. I mean, we confess it in our worship services. And it's okay. It's okay to confess that truth. It's okay to say, yes, I am a sinner. Because what is the great comfort of confessing the truth about yourself? The great comfort is what we've just been saying. That Jesus loves sinners. That Jesus comes to them, that he associates with them, that he doesn't mind being in their company. And if that's who we are, then we know that Jesus is not afraid to come to each and every one of us. But still in the back of our heads, we might wonder, why? Why is Jesus like this? Why is God this way? It shouldn't be this way. God should love the good people and hate the bad people. That, after all, is how I try to live my life, and so that's how God should be as well. But that is not how God is. If God loved only the good people, God would love no one. Because there's no one that fits that category. Not good according to God's standards. Not without sin. And so there is comfort to know that God is not like us. That he loves sinners. And when we try to answer the question why, we can't come up with the answer. Because to us it does not make sense. It doesn't balance out. That's not how it's supposed to work. But That's who God is. That's his identity. That's his DNA. That is our God, a God of mercy and grace that doesn't act how we think, who doesn't act tit for tat, but instead abounds in steadfast love. Love for sinners. It's that love that keeps us here today. Because think about it. If God was not that way when Adam and Eve sinned, it'd all be over. But that's not what happened. God intervened. God became a part of the story. He promised Adam and Eve that he would send an offspring of the woman to crush the serpent's head. And Jesus has now come. He has now come into the story to do just that. Why does Jesus love these sinners? Because that's just who he is. But how? How does he love sinners? What is that love really like? And that, too, is an important part of this statement because Jesus loves sinners, but he does not love sin. Sometimes that's hard for us to understand. How, how do you keep those two things separate? Jesus finds a way to do it, though. Jesus finds a way to do it because he will go to sinners, but he will not let them remain in their sin. He will not let them remain in their ignorance. He will not let them remain in darkness. Instead, he will call them to follow him. He will call them to change their lives, to repent, to be different, to live different. 
And while it seems like that shouldn't be possible, Jesus has ways of showing us that when he calls us, it is possible. See, Jesus loves us in a transformative way. His love transforms us so that we are not merely sinners, but instead we can become his people, his disciples, a family in Christ. How does that happen? Well, think of it this way. Jesus doesn't just love sinners by spending time with them. He doesn't say, okay, next sinner, I got, I got an opening at 3.30. I can come spend a little bit of time. Will it be tea today or should we have a Coke? What is, it, what is it that you want? It's not just that Jesus came to dine with sinners, right? He did that in his ministry, but his ministry had an aim, a goal. Jesus called those people to follow him because he knew that he was going to the cross and he wanted them to come with them there. Jesus doesn't love sin. He doesn't ignore sin. He does not pass sin off. Instead, he deals with it head on. Jesus loves us in such a way that he takes our sins upon himself and there on the cross he pays the penalty for all of our sin, for the sin of the whole world, whether we acknowledge that or not. He doesn't wait for us to come to him. Instead, he comes to us and he takes that burden from us so that he can give us his blessings, blessings of forgiveness, reconciliation, eternal life. Jesus calls these sinners to follow him because it's there at the cross that they see how much he loves them. Jesus' words were not simply words. They were backed up by his life. His life that he laid down on that cross for all of them. For all of us. Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. That day, Jesus called Matthew And Matthew heard Jesus call him, and he followed. He followed and became a disciple of Jesus. And I think that happened because Jesus was speaking Matthew's language. You see, just before this episode, Matthew records an incident where Jesus heals a paralytic. A man that everyone could see with their own eyes was not well. He was sick physically. But what people could not see with their eyes was that there was also something deeper that was wrong. Jesus healed that paralytic man. But he also forgave his sins. See, Matthew understands the language of credits and debts. He understands what it means to forgive a debt. He knows what a great thing that is. And when Jesus forgives that man's sin, I think Matthew understands that he, who he is as a sinner, as an outcast, as an unclean person among his people, has a debt that he could never pay off. But Jesus offers debt forgiveness. 
Jesus offers a way to clean that balance book in a way that Matthew never could. And so Matthew heeds the call to follow Jesus. And as he follows Jesus, obviously he is one who sees where Jesus' ministry goes. He follows Jesus to the cross and sees that that's how his debt is paid. That's how forgiveness happens. We can't lose sight of that. But I also think we don't want to lose sight of the fact that as Jesus calls Matthew to follow him, that day in and day out, Matthew gets to see how Jesus lives his life. He gets to see how he interacts with people. He gets to see how he really does love sinners. And as Jesus calls Matthew to follow him, I think that's also a call for Matthew to imitate Jesus, to live like him. Not that Matthew is going to die for the sins of the world, but that just as Jesus loves sinners, Matthew would do the same. Just as Jesus calls sinners to follow him, Matthew would call them to join Matthew in following Jesus. And just two weeks ago, that's exactly what happened. We celebrated Pentecost. When Jesus' disciples now have that opportunity to go out to the world and call sinners to follow Jesus, to follow them as they follow Jesus. And as other people hear that message, they are called to the same mission, that they would call others to follow them as they follow Jesus. And so on and on it went until we are here today. This is the mission of Jesus. This is the mission of the church. That's the basic and fundamental thing. And so in our world today, however it is that you are going to interact with the world in the various places that God has placed you, may it be from that foundation. Someday a vaccine may be discovered. I pray that it will happen quickly. I pray that the doctors and the researchers, they, they get the information they need. They make those leaps and discoveries and that a vaccine will come and that things will go back to normal. But normal is still a world full of sickness and death. The only real cure is the cure that Jesus himself offers. Jesus is the physician. Jesus is the one who gives us that ultimate cure, the gift of eternal life. Let's point people to that. There are a lot of discussions happening in a lot of different places about some of these race issues, about these issues of injustice, about how to protect our police, but how to keep the people that they are serving protected as well, how to keep our businesses safe. There are likely going to be changes in our laws, and I think some of those changes are probably necessary. And we pray that wisdom would be given to the people involved, that things would happen for justice and for peace. 
But you know that's not going to solve the problems, right? Hatred, prejudice, racism, fear, those are problems that come from here. They're from the heart. And those things would only be fixed by a fix that not happens on the outside, but on the inside. And Jesus can change that too. Jesus alone gives peace. Jesus alone gives that reconciliation that our world needs very badly. So let's not be afraid to point people to that. I'm not here to say join a parade or don't join a parade. There is freedom in the gospel. But however it is that we interact with this world, let it start from that foundation that Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. And so we must love sinners and call them to follow Jesus. You might think this is a terrible time to be living with everything that we have gone through. But this is the most wonderful opportunity to be the church. We have what our world needs most of all. Jesus has what our world needs. And so we need to be in a place where we can bring that, not just with our words, but with our actions as well. So may God be with you as you live in these crazy times so that you can be the light in the darkness, so that you can be the salt of the earth, so that you can proclaim with your life that Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Together we pray the prayer our Lord Jesus Christ has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive now the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thanks again for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. During this time when you may or may not be joining us in in-person worship, you can still continue to hear us here on WKAN Radio but you can also follow along on our online worship services on our website. Just go to stpaulslutheran.net and click Worship on the menu. 
God's blessings to you all this day.